Get ready for your weekly dose of inspiration and motivation from spiritual entrepreneurs that carry the love and experience to help you find happiness regardless of how your morning starts. Sit back with a coffee or tune in during your morning commute and manifest with us. You're listening to Inspirational Morning with your host, Victoria Scanlon. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode. Happy Thursday. I believe it's about 4 o'clock p.m. right now, my time. I hope your week has been good. It was lovely getting back into this last week. I'm thankful for all of those of you who tuned in last week. I think there is a few family members as well. Hello, love you so much. Um, And this week, I think I wrote this podcast for, the notes are for March 8th. So we're going to speak about that because I think the things that I came up with are very important and they really flow with what's going on in my life right now, and you'll see what I'm talking about as we get into it. I think we have a few things to talk about considering um, the waxing crescent in Taurus that we just passed on, I think the 8th was Tuesday. Yeah, it was Tuesday. Um, and there are certain parts of our body that are sensitive in that time. There are ways that I'm going to speak about healing our throat chakra and crystals that go along with that and the beauty of a waxing crescent and Taurus moon. Um, And then by the end of the segment, before we get out of here, we're going to talk about the deceptive ego, as well as deconstructing the self. But that is going to be a segment from one of my favorite books, Happiness by Matthew Rickard. And that actually, I'm 99% sure is a book from my aunt. This is one of my favorites, but it's something that my aunt actually gave me. Um, I'm pretty sure one of the many books, I don't think there's ever been a book in my life that my aunt has given me that I am not in love with. They're so amazing. I may have found this somewhere. I may have found this at my favorite thrift store, but I, I don't know. I put in my mind that it's one of the many she's given me. I'm not really sure. Um, but I love every single one I've ever gotten from her. Um, and this is a great book. I think I've spoken about it in the past. Um, I think I've read a segment from this as well as Turning the Mind into an Ally by Sekyong Mifflin. Again, one of my other favorite books. There's like four that I consistently talk about on this podcast. Um, But yeah, I hope you guys have had a really great week. I'm excited to sit down and speak to you before once again going back to work for the afternoon. I think I work at 5.15 today. Um, and yeah, Tuesday was a waxing crescent in Taurus, which is intriguing. My boyfriend is a Taurus. I'm a Virgo and my son is a Sagittarius. Isn't that funny? Two earth signs made a fire sign. And you would think for people who look into astrology that that would be like a weird mix. But ironically, apparently the bond and like connection of a like a earth sign mother with a fire sign child is apparently very good I have to look further into it but I have dabbled into information just a little bit and apparently it's a very nice bond between those two signs Um, I've looked only just a little bit into um, his sign and his birth information his birth chart and like the characteristics of Sagittarius's um, end of October Sagittarius is to be specific because I think there's a difference much like there is with a beginning of September or end of August I think Virgo and the end of September Virgo um, so yeah I've looked only into it a little bit but 
I think the little bit that I've kind of read into is that he's going to be very, very intelligent <laughs> and mysterious and loving, but also selfless. And there's just all kinds of cool things. And it's cool to know that I can watch him grow and see what his personal characteristics are. But I love that there's information out there based on previous experiences and characteristics of people of those signs. Like, for instance, myself as a Virgo, I mean, a lot of the things I read about Virgos are very true about myself. And it, there's a lot of correlation there. So to know that truthful correlations are present in the information out there and to see him grow and see the differences and similarities in that information is going to be very cool for sure. Um, but getting more into the podcast, because we are in a waxing crescent in Taurus, there is a few parts of your body that are more sensitive with these beaming energies and it focuses most on the throat. So it would be the Adam's apple, the neck, tonsils, thyroid, vocal cords, and throat chakra, which those are all organs that are connected to that throat chakra. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about healing that area of your body. And the most like basic is meditating with blue stones, which I mean, if you meditate, you already know that that is a blue people correlate blue with that chakra. I don't know where that comes from, but that'd be interesting to learn. Um, so yeah, meditating with blue stones, putting them on your throat and laying down. Um, you could even just hold the stone. You can do anything, honestly. You could wear blue that day. Doing neck stretches is really good for loosening the area. Singing um, is an amazing one. And I know my aunt sings constantly because she's such a good singer. Um, I'm not so much a good singer. My aunt is, <laughs> she has an amazing voice. A lot of people in my family have really beautiful voices. And what's crazy to get off point just for a second is that I'm a musician. I can play almost any instrument you put in my hands like that. Like I am so good at playing music and hearing tone and chords and learning anything, anything musical. But even though I fully understand the vocal cords as an instrument and I can sing the correct note wholly and well, I still am out of tune. So there's something with my voice and I've always wanted to have like a vocal co coach teach me how to sing in tune and learn my vocal cords as an instrument since I can learn any other one, right? Something very interesting to me. So I sing anyways, especially when I'm focusing on balancing my throat chakra, um, However, it's not in tune, but you can always have fun anyways. It doesn't even matter if you sound good. Just hide yourself in your car. <laughs> Some people like to rap. I know that my uh, my neighbor is a rapper. Very, very good at it. His name's Tyler, and it's unfortunate that he has not produced and marketed any of his work because he is a very talented rapper for sure. Everything that comes out of that dude's mouth is amazing he I don't even understand how he comes up with it so quickly it's like I have no explanation for it but he's really good maybe I'll have to play a segment for you guys in the future hopefully one that is PG I don't know if I have anything available that's PG but yeah rapping singing um repeating mantras during meditation or affirmations or blue light meditations like I have blue string lights and you can 
kind of hold them or have them in your area. There's big blue plug-in lights that you could do that'll like fill the whole room. Anything like that would be pretty cool and also useful, but focusing on a blue light is useful for meditation for this purpose. Uh, now getting into, well, okay, so there's also mudras. Wait, mudras is with the hands, I think. I need to teach myself more about this before I speak on it. However, there's hand symbols that correlate with different chakras. So you can meditate doing breath work or um, vocal. There's like a certain word for each vocal cord. Let me see if I can look it up while I speak to you. Um, as well as a mudra, which is like a hand symbol. And you can hold that, speak, and speak at the same time and practice breath work or whatever it is. I want to look this up. Um, so cool. Yeah, so that's Anja, but I don't know what the word is. It says Vizuda, especially pure in Sanskrit. Um, it's the fifth primary chakra. So I actually don't know what the word is. Maybe I'll have to do a segment on that because I don't want to waste your time looking it up right now. I should have prepared that information. Um, but you can look into it. There's a word for every chakra that you can repeat in meditation out loud. And it helps that vibration of that word um, helps connect to that certain area of your body in the during meditation. And speaking more on um, using blue stones, I wrote down a few of my favorite blue stones here. And I actually carry, I think, every single one of these in my collection. I do. I do. I don't carry blue stones very often with me, but I do have them in my collection. I like to have a little bit of everything. Anything that calls to me at the time or comes to me when looking for stones or you know, whatever. So I have a gigantic crystal collection, like so large. And I will say a good part of that collection, some of my coolest stones and largest stones are actually from my mother because she is like the best. She knows that crystals are important to me and my brother. And even if she doesn't use them for her own personal spiritual practice, I wouldn't say my parents practice like spiritualism meditation and stuff themselves or crystal meditation or anything they don't carry with them but they do understand why me and Sean use them and that we care deeply about having a good collection so some of my best crystals in my entire collection are actually from my mother she has given me some of the coolest specimens I've ever seen and I absolutely love it I'm so proud of my collection and I'm so proud of the pieces my mom has found for me usually it's like a Christmas present or birthday present or sometimes they take trips down south I remember they went I think it was to Tennessee into the mountains I'm pretty sure it was Tennessee with my grandma and my mom came back with cool stones she's just the best she's awesome so some of my best are from her but I do have almost every single one of these crystals while I don't use them very often this is probably the universe telling me that I should <laughs> the universe telling me that this is a good time to pull them out of my collection and actually utilize them for the first time in a long time I have I tend to carry red stones black stones, white stones. Like my favorites are tourmaline, calcite. Um, oh, I don't remember the red stone name. See, I don't even know what I'm talking about. I don't even remember some of my favorite stones names. I just use them. <laughs> I have to like remind myself of the information because I'm constantly learning different things. So I have to remind myself. So I don't even know. 
but getting into these crystals since I keep getting distracted the first one is calcite and first of all all of these stones are absolutely beautiful in their own way um, blue calcite specifically is useful for the purpose we're speaking on right now and it is a high energy stone high vibration stone it absorbs negative energy and it brings balance and harmony so this is like a good all-over stone and I think that it can be useful for balancing and healing the throat chakra or your throat area um, because you know if you get stressed out if you're like me at least some of my stress and anger comes out through my throat chakra I'm definitely very vocal about it and I definitely find myself needing to balance things out and seeing negativity come out through my my words um, instead of holding things in where I would say that's like a crown chakra or third eye thing I release them through vo voicing my issues or my irritations so I would say that this stone would be great because it can raise the vibrations of the words I use absorb the negative energy of what I speak and balance and bring harmony to my words and my emotions and feelings and the things that I say when I'm in stress right and if you don't have that issue, this is still useful for you, in my opinion, or anybody listening. Anything high energy that absorbs negativity is very good. It can be very useful, even if it's not yourself. It could be those around you. But even if none of that is a use to you, bringing balance and harmony to this chakra is definitely useful for a healing meditation. The next one is sodalite. And I think I have a sodalite uh, crystal point which was purchased by my mother for the store. And it was one of the few crystals that ended up at my house after we closed up the store. I still have people who purchase CBD wholesale, people who are constantly asking me to purchase my regular like tincture bottles and salves and crystals and stuff like that. So I still sell crystals and I've still given some away and sold some in the last few months. But sodalite, a sodalite crystal point ended up on my crystal shelves and my plant shelves. Um, this one, while being absolutely beautiful, you guys should seriously look up these crystals as we speak. Um, this one is for truth and intuition. It aids in verbalizing your feelings and brings order and calmness to the mind, which obviously correlates to speaking your mind and bringing, tr like, you can focus on speaking truth. Okay, I have never, I don't lie. Ever since I turned 19, I have not lied a single day in my life unless it was like for a surprise or, you know, something that's absolutely not harmful, something simple like that. But I, after having one time where I lied to my dad about something serious because I was being blackmailed by one of my exes, I lied to my dad, looked him in the face, and he, I realized later in life that he would have not been upset with me if I would have just told him the truth on what really happened and I don't have to explain this situation but I lied to him and he believed me and later on found out I lied and it broke my heart knowing that he trusted me and that I broke that trust so after that situation I vowed and have 100% stuck to sense never lying a day in my life and I will say sometimes that gets me in trouble being, I've noticed since then that being wholeheartedly honest is sometimes frustrating to others um, because they don't like hearing truth, okay? I have no remorse and sometimes I have to hold back 
being truthful doesn't always mean speaking your mind, right? So I have to find a balance with that. And this stone is very useful for that. But if you find struggle in speaking truthfully or others speaking truthfully to you, this stone can be utilized for that. It's also very good for intuition and verbalizing your feelings in a positive, truthful, healthy way. Um, while also, and I like that it brings order and calmness to the mind as well, because having a calm mind allows you to speak those feelings calmly and, you know, not happily, but calmly. I think that's the most important I'm trying to say. Um, I love it. It just brings calmness to verbal expression, which is so good. And truth is important. I, I notice so many people, I don't understand why, but it is human nature to lie. And I'm very grateful with myself for having the strength to always be honest and never lie anymore because it is not good. And I see that it hurts people and ruins trust. And I, like I said, have made certain people angry with me for being honest about things, but it ends up being better in the end, no matter what, no matter how hard it is to be truthful in the moment, it always proves to be more worth it in the end because it doesn't cause more issues. The next stone I want to speak about is lapis lazuli. Again, one of my favorites. And I discovered this stone when I was a kid. My brother, my brother turned me on to Minecraft and Minecraft, you use lapis lazuli for electricity and stuff like that, I'm pretty sure. So you got to mine it, and then I discovered what it was. And I was like, oh, that's a cool real stone. It actually exists, as do all the other minerals in Minecraft. This one is a stone of wisdom. It helps you tap into your intuition. It's one of the highest regarded gems in Egypt, which is very cool. <laughs> right, right there along with cats. <laughs> um, and it soothes the throat and thyroid issues. So that's very beneficial, especially since the thyroid, throat, tonsils, neck, Adam's apple, etc. are very sensitive right now with the ruling planets in that are beaming energy at us as of Tuesday. And I think that that could be very helpful. I mean, if you have even all of these stones or one of them, I like that these all have different uses while also bringing the same the same energies because they're all blue, you know, they all have similarities while also having their own things. So lapis lazuli could be useful for wisdom and intuition, which I love. Um, you can meditate on bringing yourself information, harnessing more information. I kind of like that because I meditate a lot on harnessing information and learning new information, whether it's learning something externally through a book, an experience, a podcast, an article or anything like that, or learning it internally by meditating and going inward into my own DNA knowledge, which is something I'd like to do more often and get better at. I think that that's the only true form of learning true knowledge from your past and future lives is the DNA information that you harness yourself. But it's not easy to do. And I think that something like this could be very useful to that to get a little deeper past healing your throat chakra. Um, and the next stone I want to speak about is adventuring, adventurine. And that's actually the last stone I have here, although there are so many blue stones that could be useful. Um, this one is an energy boosting, health boosting, purifying stone. So this is a good overall stone. And I think that it could be very helpful for a throat chakra healing meditation because all in all as a stone, raising the vibration, purifying anything that is built up 
or negative or not serving your throat chakra as a whole can be very beneficial by using this stone. I do like every single one of these actually and I'm glad that these are the stones that called to me when writing these down because that's the whole purpose, right? By using one, two, or all any of these stones, you can sing with it in your hand. You can do any of the healing things we spoke about before repeating mantras with one of these stones, laying down, like literally one of my favorite ways to use a stone to heal a specific area of my body is to lay myself down and put one of these useful stones for that area on top of that area of my body. And obviously you're laying down because that makes it easier for that to stay while you completely relax your body and you just meditate. I like to, so in combination, with all of these things, one of the things that I have utilized for myself, I've done this more so for my root chakra or sacral chakra in the past. The third eye is also one of my favorites to meditate on, but I lay down, I utilize one of the stones for that area, usually for a specific purpose. So for right now, I'd probably use adventuring or soda light or something. All of these are good though. And then I would focus on breath work while visualizing a for this purpose, blue light, and also utilizing my voice and throat chakra to repeat a mantra or one of those words I spoke about. I really wish I could think of the name so I could look up the one for the throat chakra, but that's okay. I'll speak about it in a future episode and do all of the things in one, all at the same time, and bring the best type of meditation and overall healing to myself. Um, and one of my favorite things to do with this kind of meditation would be, I do this with greens all the time. And I think I spoke about this in the last episode where you ground with the earth and the type of meditations that I'm giving you right now to heal your throat chakra. I also spoke about in the last episode about grounding where you imagine you're using visualization to imagine yourself rooting into the ground. You're using visualiz visualization to... Uh, have green light or energy flowing and emanating to and from the earth into your body through your heart chakra and I'm also like feeling the wind or feeling trees or the ground or anything like that to ground myself but that I would say is more so for the heart chakra or overall grounding and cleansing and this is more so for the throat chakra but you can use this for anything you can do it on your crown chakra with white stones you can do it with your third eye with purple your um your solar plexus with yellows your sacral with oranges and your root with reds, right? It just depends on what you need or what parts of your body are supposed to be focused on depending on the ruling planets for the day or the month or the week. And as of Tuesday, March 8th, it was Taurus for the throat chakra. And it was a waxing crescent as well, which I think now we're out of that. Um, but waxing crescents bring opportunity of change and encourage positivity and faith. And I like that because when we lose faith or we lose the ability to keep positive um, or we struggle with change, I feel as humans, we voice that a lot. Now, it's one or the other, I feel like. You either voice it or you internalize it, right? And I think if you're internalizing it, your throat chakra can be off. Ooh, don't call me. <laughs> your throat chakra can be off in the sense that it's under working um, or... If you're vocalizing it, especially in a negative way, um, 
it can be overworking. Sorry, I have a business call. Let me text her. Okay, and let me get my train of thought back together. And with the waxing crescent bringing opportunity of change or encouraging positivity and faith in utilizing these meditations along with the moon, which is something we talk about in every episode, utilizing whatever's going on in the world, whatever our focus of the episode is with whatever the moon is doing. Because we are earth people. We are energies on earth being ruled by the moon, much like the tides, even if we don't realize it. So I like speaking on everything going on, crystals, parts of the body, sensitive things, the ruling stars and ruling planets and stuff. Oh, they don't need me to go into work. Hmm, intriguing. And I have an affirmation here as well which I think is perfect. When is it not perfect? Any affirmation available that comes to me for any episode that I write ever is perfect, perfectly timed. And I think that's because I don't seek specific things out. I think it's just because I'm like, okay, this is the purpose of this episode. I'm just going to let it come to me. Whatever comes to me comes and is going to be perfect. And this one really is. Um, and the affirmation is, I love everything about who I am and who I'm becoming, which I love. And I think this is important to say out loud when you're healing this throat chakra because someone like me who deliberately voices um, if I don't like myself or I don't like my body or I don't think I'm losing baby weight and I'm uncomfortable, things like that. Um this is very important. I think as a human being centering back to yourself and realizing that you're whole and I don't know, it's just human, it's human nature to lose sight of ourselves as a whole individual, a complete person, perfect as we are in the moment, regardless of the illusions created by our environment and inner beliefs. So by utilizing an affirmation, affirmation like this, we can get back to realizing and centering and focusing on the fact that no matter what illusions we have, we are perfect and whole as we are right now. We can constantly improve ourselves according to what we believe will help us feel better. That's fine. If you think you need to lift weights and become stronger, that's okay if that makes you happy. If you think you need to cut out foods that you're allergic to to feel more comfortable every day, that's okay. That makes you happier. If you feel you want to focus more on paying attention to the beauty of the earth, like the sun and the wind and the trees and, you know, the smile of your child or how good fruits and vegetables taste, just to give examples of what makes me happy, that's okay. It's always good to improve yourself and focus on things that are good for you, that make you happy, whatever you vibe with, right? Good music, I, anything, it doesn't even matter. It's important. But I think that a mantra like this, where you just simply look at yourself and say, I am whole. I love who I am and I love who I'm consistently becoming. I love my past self, present self, and future self is so important. Because as I've said probably three times, it's such human nature to just kind of lose sight of that. There's so many illusions that can be built up into your energetic system based on your environment or 
people around you or your own illusions based on the things you see online or the people around you or anything like that. And it's important to utilize affirmations are so useful for recentering your focus because you're deliberately sitting there telling you yourself, you know what I mean? Telling yourself that you are whatever the affirmation is about, you know what I mean? I'm whole, I'm centered, I'm grounded, I am complete, I am loved, I am love, you know, I am happy, I am kind, I am abundant, anything. Right now, I think a very important one is the one that came to me. Um, I love everything about who I am and who I'm becoming. I think that can be very beneficial for meditating on healing the throat chakra because, Again, I use my throat chakra to express my emotions. And sometimes my emotions aren't the greatest. So I love it. And actually, that is such a perfect time to speak about this. Hold on just a second. Uh, where to go? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I want to go into reading this segment of this book. I love this book so much. Now, the question is, how ba far back do I want to go? Because there's an entire chapter, which is like 10 pages about the ego. But I'm going to start here. I think this is a good start and finish, is these two sections. And it's still decently long. If you guys don't mind listening and reading with me. I remember last time I read a couple segments from books. You guys really did enjoy that. So I think you'll enjoy this too. And this is so perfect. So this is from the book Happiness or the long title, A Guide to Developing Life's Most Important Skill, Happiness by Matthew Rickard or Richard, but there's no H. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Um, and this is page 89, this section, The Deceptive Ego. Okay. And I think I'm just going to jump right into it because it just says everything needed on its own. In our day-to-day -day lives, we experience the self through its vulnerability. A simple smile gives it instant pleasure, and a scowl achieves the contrary. The self is always there, ready to be wounded or gratified. Rather than seeing it as multiple and elusive, we make it unitary, central, and permanent bastion. But let's consider what it is we suppose contributes to our identity, our body, an assemblage, an assemblage of bones and flesh, our consciousness, a continuous stream of instance, our history, the memory of what is no more, our name. We attach all sorts of concepts to it, our heritage, our reputation, and our social status. But, ultim but ultimately, it's nothing more than a grouping of letters. When we see the word John, our spirits leap. We think, that's me. But we only need to separate the letters, J-O-H-N, to lose all interest. The idea of our name is just a mental fabrication. It is the deep sense of self lying at the heart of our being that we have to examine honestly. When we explore the body, the speech, and the mind, we come to see that this self is nothing but a word, a label, a convention, and designation. The problem is, this label thinks it's the real deal. To unmask the ego's deception, we have to pursue our inquiry to the very end. When you suspect the presence of a thief in your house, you have to inspect every room, every corner, every potential hiding place just to make sure there's really no one there. Only then can you rest easy. 
We need introspective investigation to find out what's hiding behind the illusion of the self that we think defines our being. Rigorous analysis leads us to conclude that the self does not reside in any part of the body, nor is it some diffuse entity permeating the entire body. We willingly believe that self is associated with consciousness, but consciousness too is an elusive current in terms of living experience. The past moment of consciousness is dead, only its impact remains. The future is not yet and the present doesn't last. How could a distinct self exist suspended like a flower in the sky between something that no longer exists and something that does not yet exist? It cannot be detected in either the body or the mind. It is neither a distinct entity in a combination of the two, nor one outside of them. No serious analysis or direct introspective experience can lead to a strong conviction that we possess a self. Someone may believe himself to be tall, young, intelligent, but neither height nor youth nor intelligence is the self. Buddhism therefore concludes that the self is just a name we give to a continuum. Just as we name a river the Ganges or the Mississippi, such as continuum, such a continuum certainly exists, but only as a convention based upon the interdependence of the consciousness, the body, and the environment. It is entirely without autonomous existence. I love reading these books because they're well thought and written into something that sounds so much more intelligent than I can ever sound just speaking in the moment. You know what I mean? I just write little baby notes and just kind of speak and there's a lot of ums and like stutters and pauses and it, these just sound so intelligent and well put and perfect. I love this guy as a writer. Sorry. Okay, going back to it. The deconstruction of the self is the next paragraph. To get a better handle on this, let's resume our analysis in greater detail. The concept of personal identity has three aspects, the I, the person, and the self. These three aspects are not fundamentally different from one another, but reflect the different ways we cling to our perception of personal identity. The I lives in the present. It is the I that thinks I'm hungry or I exist. It is the locus of consciousness, thoughts, judgment, and will. It is the experience of our current state. As the neuropsychiatrist David Gallen clearly summarizes, the notion of the person is broader. It is a dynamic continuum extending through time and incorporating various aspects of our corporeal, mental, and social existence. Its boundaries are more fluid. The person can refer to the body, personal fitness, intimate thoughts, a very personal feeling, Character, a nice person, social relations, separating one's personal from one's personal life, or the human being in general, respect for one's person. It's continuity, continuity, <laughs> that threw me off, through time allows us to link the representations of ourselves from the past to projections into the future. It denotes how each of us differs from others and reflects our unique qualities. The notion of the person is valid and healthy so long as we consider it simply as noting, as con connoting, <laughs> thought I was going to say connotating, so long as we consider it simply as connoting the overall relationship between the consciousness, the body, and the environment. It becomes inappropriate and unhealthy when we consider it to be an autonomous entity. As to the self, we've already seen how it is believed to be the very core of our being. We imagine it as an invisible and permanent thing that characterizes us from birth to death. 
The self is not merely the sum of my limbs, my organs, my skin, my name, my consciousness, but their exclusive owner. We speak of my arm and not of an elongated extension of myself. If our arm is cut off, the self has simply lost an arm but remains intact. A person without limbs feels his physical integrity to be diminished, but clearly believes he has perceived, he has preserved his self. If the body is cut into cross sections, at what point does the self begin to vanish? We perceive a self so long as we retain the power of thought. Wow. This leads us to Descartes' celebrated phrase underlying the entire Western concept of the self. I think, therefore, I am. But the fact of thought proves absolutely nothing about the existence of the self because the I is nothing more than the current contents of our mental flow, which changes from moment to moment. It is not enough for something to be perceived or conceived of for that thing to exist. We clearly see a mirage or an illusion, neither of which has any reality. The idea that the self might be nothing but a concept runs counter to the intuition of most Western thinkers. I don't know how to say his name. Descartes, Descartes, I don't know, again, is categorical on the subject. When I consider my mind, that is, myself, given that I am merely a thing that thinks, I can identify no distinct parts to it, but conceive of myself as a single and complete thing. The neurologist Charles Scott Sherrington adds, The self is a unity. It regards itself as one. Others treat it as one. It is addressed as one by a name to which it answers. Indisputably, we instinctively see the self as unitary, but as soon as we try to pin it down, we have a hard time coming to grips with it. In Search of the Lost Self. This is the last section I'm going to read for now. I could read your guys' head off, but it's okay. Where then is the self? It cannot be exclusively in my body because when I say I am proud, it is my consciousness that is proud, not my body. So is it exclusively in my consciousness? That is far from certain. When I say someone pushed me, wasn't my consciousness being pushed? Of course not. The self obviously cannot be outside the body and the consciousness. If it were an autonomous entity independent of one and the other, it cannot be of their essence. It is simply, as we explained above, the sum of their parts, their structure, and their continuity. Is the concept of the self simply associated with the body and consciousness in their entirety? You may notice that we have begun to move away from the notion of the self as owner or essence and toward a more abstract notion, a concept. The only way out of this dilemma is to consider the self as a mental or verbal designation linked to a dynamic process, to a series of changing relations that incorporate the perception of the outer world, sensations, mental images, emotions, and concepts. The self is merely an idea. It emerges when we combine the I, the experience of the present moment, with the person, the continuity of our existence. As David Gallen explains, we actually have an innate tendency to simplify complex groupings by making entities of them, and then to conclude that these entities are enduring. It is easier to function in the world by taking for granted that most of our environment remains unchanging, minute by minute, and by treating most things as if they were more or less constant. I would lose all notion of what my body is were I to perceive it as a whirlwind of atoms that is never the same for even a millionth of a second. But how quickly I forget that my ordinary perception of my body and all phenomena is just an approximation that is in fact everything is changing at every moment. 
This is how reify the self. This is how we reify the self and the world. The self is not non-existent as we are constantly reminded by experience, but it exists as a concept. It is in that sense that Buddhism says that the self has no autonomy or permanence, that it is like a mirage. Seen from afar, the mirage of a lake seems real, but we would have a hard time wringing any water out of it. These are neither as they appear to exist, nor are they entirely non-existent. Like an illusion, they appear without having any ultimate reality. This is how the Buddha taught it. Like a shooting star, a mirage, a flame, a magic trick, a dewdrop, a water bubble, like a dream, lightning, or cloud, consider all things thus. I want to keep reading so bad. I could literally read to you guys forever. I could read forever, and it makes me want to pick this book back up and finish it. I am in love with these books so much. I love the way that they speak. I love what they speak about. Hi. Thank you. I have flowers. Thank you so much. Tyler just showed up with a bouquet of roses and flowers. How pretty. Pastel, beautiful colors. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. I love it. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you in a minute. So, yeah, I love the way that they write in these books. I love what they speak about. And I have one book for each thing. I'm slowly collecting as an adult, like, books about these kind of things. I have a lot of books from Buddhists and poets and artists and things like that that speak about stuff that I think is important for emotional, energetic, and, like, mental development. So this one is happiness and it talks about what is happiness, what is the self, things like that. This other one is turning the mind into an ally. The other one is the uh, user's guide to the energetic chakra system. And then another one is Tyler's book and it's called um, The Book of Gratitude. And it just teaches you to speak, think, be gratitude and to find gratitude and every single possible thing you can from small tiny most minute to the biggest possible thing and it makes you go through like different exercises every single day for I think 30 days and by the end of the 30 days you have done these practices enough that it's set in stone in your habits and your daily practices and it's hard for me with someone who's so like ADD to focus on implementing habits and recently I'm trying to implement healthier food habits and like exercise habits and things like that because I get a ton of exercise but I'm allergic to gluten and dairy and wheat so I'm trying to focus on implementing healthier dietary habits right now and it's tough for me to implement that book because every single day you have to read it the night before and practice what it says to practice the next day and it's not the hardest thing in the world but it's tough for me to remember but it is still such a fantastic book so I would like to put each of these books in the podcast notes of this episode. So if you look down below this podcast, it's going to have each of my favorite books. Um, I might put a link for you guys to click and buy it on Amazon or Kindle just so you can immediately get it if you'd like to because I know there's some of you that have mentioned you want these books. So I might put a link down there for you for sure. Um, but I love, I love reading these books to you guys because... It correlates perfectly with what we speak about. That right there, I love. We talk so often in this podcast about the self, the perception of self, and outer expression of yourself into your world, manifesting the life and self that you would like to see, bringing good energy to yourself. Like That is what our podcast is usually about. So to get to the bigger picture 
of what self is, that it is even an illusion, that it is not really anything but a perception of consciousness and physicality is so cool because I think that that knowledge and way of viewing things is such an important tool to realizing that everything is perfect as it is no matter what your perception of life is. You know what I'm saying? By getting to the point where it's like, who even am I? What even am I? What is my conscious thought of myself? And all the things we just spoke about is to just sit down and be like, whatever I think doesn't even matter because it's a thought. It is a an idea, a theory. <laughs> because no matter what I put out, no matter what energy I vibrate on, no matter what I'm thinking or speaking or believing, I am still a perfect set of atoms constantly changing that is perfect in the moment as I'm supposed to be. And I have no control over it. And to a certain point, you have control over yourself. You do have control over what you think most of the time or how you, what you focus on when it comes to thoughts. You do have control over implementing healthy spiritual habits or being a good person or being honest or truthful or good to others and having good morals or keeping a healthy body, mind, and energy and being balanced. You do have control over the self. You do have control of how you live your life, take care of your body and mind, and treat others. But you still have no control over the fact that you are who you are in the moment and what is going to happen is what's going to happen. And... I love the thought of lack of control because it can help you let go of the human nature to hyper-focus on it. For instance, with my body, after having the baby, I gained a lot of weight. I worked so hard to lose a bunch of weight as a young adult. I got to a point where I was very healthy. I just wanted to tone up. I was eating very, very healthy and still do. But having a baby, my body just reacted weird. I gained so much weight. It's like insane and almost died giving birth. I just, it was a crazy time having a child for me. So I've been focusing and struggling with my sense of self and my vision of myself being unhealthy and unhappy and uncomfortable. And that creates blockages in certain chakras and helps, it brings me to a point of vocalizing insecurities and things like that. So I love one reading that to be able to get back to a center point of I cannot control what happens. Life is what life is. But I can always implement and have control over the things I do in the future or in the present moment to make myself happier and more comfortable and healthier. And know that if in each moment I'm doing what will bring me to my healthiest self, I'm going to eventually get there and be happy. And I just love the lack of control over what self is. And I love speaking about these things because right now, at least as of Tuesday, as I said, we focus on the throat chakra. Those are sensitive parts of your body with Taurus in control. And it's important to meditate and utilize chakra stones and healthy vocal expression of your emotions and thoughts. And this is very useful. I think it is a very important thing to speak about when speaking on or focusing on healing your throat chakra. Um, and that's why, you know, I love that affirmation too. It's not as deep and broad as what that entry was from that book, but it is still useful. I love everything about who I am and who I'm becoming. That kind of takes away the control of 
hyper-focusing on things in the moment and just being like, whatever, I love myself. I love who I am. I love what I do. It doesn't even matter. Life's good. I'm fine. (laughs) And I think I've done a pretty good job of that recently where I'm just like letting go of hyper-focusing on things, anxiously focusing on creating and fixing, you know? And just kind of being, just knowing that I'm getting exercise constantly and I'm healthier and I'm happier and I'm a good mom and like I'm saving and fixing responsibilities that I let build up negatively or like, you know, things are just good. And I think as humans, we can kind of lose sight of that. And that's why I love this podcast because I speak on things that keep me centered and focused on the good. And not even necessarily the good, because you're always going to have the balance and duality of good and bad, no matter what, almost. But I've also been told by you guys that this podcast can, you know, bring a lot of positivity and focus to you guys. And that it just so happens that whatever we talk about is perfect at the time. And I genuinely think that's because I focus on the tides of the moon and ruling planets and stars and whatever energies are being beamed at us at that moment. I think that that kind of brings light. That initial focus brings light to what is important to everyone in the moment. And I think that that really creates a good flow of this podcast and a good focus of the podcast, and kind of just naturally correlates with what people need to hear in the the moment. And I certainly love to see that so many of you are tuning in whenever is convenient for you. Sometimes I listen at night before bed, sometimes on my way to work in the middle of the afternoon, sometimes directly in the beginning of the morning when I'm getting up and stretching, which when I created this podcast was the initial point of the podcast where you know, you wake up in the morning and as you're getting ready and meditating, you meditate and listen to this podcast. We have positive affirmations so that, you know, halfway through your meditation all morning, you're utilizing the the affirmation to bring a focus point for your day and a motivating point for your day and be that different every week. And I think it's worked. I think this has been fantastic, at least for me. And for those of you who have reached out to tell me that this is very beneficial for you. And I am so grateful to those of you that listen because sometimes I err, sometimes I um, sometimes I lose focus or get, you know, sidetracked and I just kind of have a good time with this podcast. I used to write down an entire script and you can go back to our beginning episodes and hear probably in the tone of my voice that it was very scripted because I didn't want to, um, I didn't want to err. I didn't want to have pauses or weird rants or side points, you know, but I kind of just began to really like the flow of just speaking and having basic notes and points to cover and just kind of enjoying it. You know, I've kind of liked that vibe of the podcast more recently. And it also allows me to have a longer podcast because some of them were only like six, seven minutes because I can only script so many pages. You know, if I have a 40 minute podcast, that's like 20 pages of script. And it's just very null and to the point. And I like the vibe of talking and just kind of chilling and letting things flow. So for me, that's been beneficial more recently. But I would love love, love. One, for you guys to take a look at the books down below. I'm going to put all my favorite ones down there and um, I'm going to try, like I said, my best to make them links so that you guys can get them if you would like. I'm going to try to find them on Amazon or Kindle and things like that so that you guys can purchase them yourself and read them. 
Um, and I would like to also know because I'm on a search myself for better podcasts or actually podcasts too. So I guess I was meant to say that, but I'm, I was trying to say books. I'm on the search for books that have these kind of focus points, whether it be by a Buddhist or an artist or a psychologist or, you know, anything. It doesn't matter who they are or what they do. If it focuses on something about the self or the mind or emotions or physical, um, like healing or anything, anything good, anything moving, anything intelligent (laughs) is kind of the things I've been into recently. I would love for you guys to reach out to me on social media. Instagram, I'm on the most, and that's usually the social media I link down below. So just hop on my Instagram, follow me, come say hi, and DM me what your favorite books are for these kind of purposes and focuses, because I would like to build a collection. Um, And that way, when I find one that calls to me, thanks to you guys, um, I can implement those readings into these podcasts. Because one of my favorite things to do ever is the times that I have read entries from these books for you guys. Because like I said, I find things naturally that just correlate with what I'm speaking about and it's just so much better put because they are scripted and edited and set to be intelligent. You know what I mean? I just kind of talk and whether I sound dumb or I sound smart, I have a good time with it, right? So I would love to know what you guys like reading and also listening to for podcasts. I have an ever-growing list of podcasts that I listen to when I have the time. But if there's anything you guys would like me to read to others or you think I would like, just let me know. Just let me know. I have so many here. Some of them my aunt have given me. Some I have found myself. And I would love to constantly grow that list. So thank you so much. Um, If you guys would like to hear more book segments from entries in my favorite books or the ones you tell me, I would love to read them. Just let me know in any way you want to reach out to me. Let me know that that's what you're looking for. I'm always, always open to suggestions for what you want to hear in future episodes. If there's certain segments you enjoy that you would like to see more of, if there's a certain question you have or something you want me to focus on or teach you guys about, I am happy, happy, happy to implement that into future episodes. And it gives me ideas too. So let me know, please. That would be lovely. And I am going to head out and go see my baby because I don't work tonight. And I'm so excited. You know, I'm excited and I'm not because I love making money. I have about three grand in the bank. I just got a message and it distracted me. I have about three grand in the bank and I'm constantly saving and my goal is to get to like 20 by the end of the summer, which I know I can do. Absolutely. I don't have the store anymore. So in just two months, I've paid over $2,400 in bills, $2,500 in bills. I've sent, I've spent a bunch of money on doing stuff since it's the first time in two years I've been able to, and I've still saved that much. So I know that it's a realistic goal by the end of the summer, beginning of fall to have 20 in the bank. And that's my goal. I want to do that because I want to buy a house for my son. I think one of the most beautiful things as a young adult, adult or now a real adult. I'm 26 this year, I think. Am I 26 now? No, I'm 26 this year, I think. Let me do the math later. Wow, that's already happening. I'm already forgetting my age. I want to buy a house 
so that I can design it. I love designing homes. I love creating a space that is wholly mine. And there's only so much you can do with a rental, right? So my goal is to save as much as possible and do well with that and create a space that is our own for my child with a nice yard for him to play in and just kind of have a good time. So I would love to go to work. I, I love working and building that savings for that purpose, um, for a larger safety net as a mother, but I'm kind of excited that I don't work because now I can catch up on stuff I don't have time to do and I can go spend time with my son a little bit more, which is so, so good. I feel like I haven't had very much time with him since he was born because I had him healed up for a month and then I went to work, so I am not that mad actually. But I'm glad I had the time to do a podcast and I will talk to you guys sometime next week. I never know the exact day that I'll have the time to sit down and record. So I kind of just get the notes for the next week and sit down and record. So I will see you guys in the next episode. I love you so, so much. I'm so grateful for you tuning in and listening. If you are still listening, thank you bunches. And I will talk to you soon. Again, let me know what you would like to hear in future episodes. Come follow me on social medias and hang out with me. I love meeting with you guys. You have no idea. And I will see you next week. Bye.